0: Well, some glass. the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, this is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow, no other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found I was blind But now I see was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace, my fears believe. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first be. snares I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe this far, and grace will all like snow, the sun forbids to shine, but God who called me here. There in thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. We've no less days to see God's praise than when we first begun. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder Consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Your power throughout the universe displays. Save your God to Thee! How great Thou art! How great Thou art! And then I think that God His Son not sparing. Send him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. To thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, My God, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul my Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art
1: Anyway uh, If you got your Bibles go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes and as you're searching, I'm going to begin my spiel this morning. First of all, uh, we're going to be talking about something this morning that we all have questioned over and over through a whole generations of our life and years past and even years to come because it's something that's not ever going to end. We're going to notice their entire life. And, and so we're going to look at something as a mystery. And we're going to be looking at something that I find interesting, but I hope I can explain what God is teaching us today. It's very difficult. But we're going to be talking about why does, why does bad things always seem to happen to good people? And why does, why does good things always seem to happen to bad people? Are you with me this morning? So I want you to go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I believe it is. No, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter eight, fourteen. That's where we're going to be. What's wrong, babe? If you're going to laugh out loud, let's hear about it. We, we all can share this laugh, huh? Oh, yeah. But isn't it strange how you and I We're always seem to doing our very best. We're always trying to live our lives the best we know how, according to the Word of God. How we're always trying to love our family and our friends, our neighbors, and sometimes even try to love our enemies, according to the Word of God. Which is not easy. Jesus tells us, he says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And we, we, we really try to do that. We're not always doing a great job at it, especially me, but I try to do my best loving my enemies. But, but it's strange how we always see the wicked. Those who could care less about God. Those who could care less about God's Word. Those who could care less about you and I, Christian, who bear His name. But it always seems that those guys are the ones that always seem to get the raises, the promotions, while you and I, who are trying to do our very best, seem to be completely ignored. Can I get an amen? Now, before you lose your hope, I'm not going to try to dis- dis- uh, discourage you this morning. But uh <clears throat> first of all, let me show you something in Ecclesiastes 8 and 12, just two verses before our text. Solomon says, although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and lives a long time, I know that it will go better for God's people, God-fearing men who are reverent before the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. In other words, let me just say this. In the end, we win. It doesn't matter what we go through on this earth. Eventually, we will take first place in this thing called life. Can I get an amen? And so with that said, let's go on to our text this morning, 814, Ecclesiastes. And before I read this, I want you to think about this. First of all, we have a man named Solomon, who the Bible says is the wisest man who ever lived, who will ever walk on the face of this earth besides Christ himself. Hallelujah. And so here we're going to take a look at his words and he tells us what he believes is the reason why that good things always seem to happen to wicked people and wicked things always seem to happen to good people. Let's look at his words today in Ecclesiastes 8 and 14. If you got your Bibles, you got your place, let's stand for the reading of God's holy word this morning. Solomon says there's something else Meaningless that occurs on the earth. The righteous men who get what the wicked deserve and the wicked men who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say is meaningless. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We praise you this morning for that holy name. We praise you this morning for the reading of your word. Father, we come this morning asking you to move by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I know that I'm just a vessel of clay, but I ask, Father, in the name of Christ that you would use me today for your glory. Father, forgive me wherever I have failed you. Lord, I am a man. I have fallen short to your glory every day, but I'm doing my very best, so I ask God that you would just... Speak through these lips of clay and hide me behind the cross that I may glorify you in each and everything I say and do today. Father, I just ask you to open our ears and open our hearts and help us to consider what your word is teaching us today because, Lord, this is truly a mystery. Why good things always happen to wicked people and why bad things always happen to good people. Lord, have your way today in this service and we praise you now. In Christ's name, and God's people said amen and amen. And so once again, what we see in our text, like last week, God is repeating a word twice. Last week, it was the word rejoice. Philippians 4 and 4. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. But isn't it interesting, after hearing a message about Staying joyful and rejoicing. Last week, if it wasn't just me, I I know it's probably you too. You probably went through hell on earth. Come on, amen. And and it just seemed like every time that God would give us a word, the enemy who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, he's going to come on and try to steal what from us? The joy that we're trying to have in our hearts. Amen. We're trying to be joyful. We're trying to be filled with joy. So we're trying to return to that joy. And here he comes right off into our camp. But it's not surprising because God has given us a word from heaven. And because of it, the devil who is trying to steal those beautiful things from us. But I find that whenever I try to keep my joy... And the enemy comes in like a flood and God raises up the standard with his word. Habakkuk tells us in 318, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. Notice what Habakkuk is doing. Habakkuk is is speaking life over his life. The Bible teaches us that there's power in the tongue, the power of life and death. And so, when the enemy does try to come and steal our joy, we have the responsibility to take the Word of God and use it as what it is—a sword—and to cut those lies off of us. Because the enemy is like a leech, and I can promise you, he will leech on, he'll he'll hook onto you, and he will try to suck the life right out of you. Come on, Amen. But let's begin first of all looking at this word meaningless because this is the word that God has repeated himself twice speaking on the word meaningless. This is meaningless. So we find in the Hebrew word it's the word habel H-E-H-B-E-L habel and it simply means to be completely empty to be in vain altogether with vanity it's, it's futile in other words And when I think of this I think of, of, of these the, the I call them peace pipes, but they call them vapors. Everywhere we go we see people's vaping. but, but it'd be like you and I try to, to reach our hand and, and grab hold of those vape, those vapors or whatever you want to call it that vapor itself. And that's what meaning, meaningless is like me. It, it doesn't mean anything. You can't hold on to it. It's just slipping through it. It doesn't, it has no, it has no meaning behind it. It's meaningless. It's just disappearing, in other words. And so today's message is simply entitled, It Don't Mean Nothing. When this happens, when bad things happen to good people, Tell yourself, it don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. Cause it's meaningless. Are you with me this morning? Solomon is helping us to understand that, that it don't mean nothing. In other words, what he is doing, he is giving us some good news today. Because if it's meaningless that, that, that bad things are happening to me, it, it takes all the weight. It takes all the pressure. It takes all the condemnation off of me. Because I know that the the, the moment that I'm trying to do good and I see that someone else who is not being so good and all of a sudden they're doing great in life but we're still going through the storms. And all of a sudden in our mind, in our ears, we have the enemy who's coming and saying, you know, the reason they got it is because they're all that in a bag of chips. But you must be doing something wrong. You must be out of the will of God. Come on, amen. You're not good enough. And see, all these lies begin to come, and 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 sometimes I think to myself, the the reason no one's in this church is because I'm not good enough. I don't preach good enough. And I'm thinking, in other words, why does bad things happen to good people? Solomon's telling me, it don't mean nothing. Are you with me this morning? See, you may have a business, and that business may be doing horrible, and you're like, man, Maybe I made a bad decision and maybe this and that, but, but God's saying it don't, it don't mean nothing. You're taking it all out of, out of proportion. And, and, and most of all, condemnation comes upon us. And so we got to turn to the Word of God. We got to turn to something that's solid, like the rock that we stand on. That's the Word of God. Our Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 1. Are you with me this morning? Paul says, therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I think the King James says, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the spirit. Because as long as we're walking according to the flesh, we will find that the enemy will have something to latch on to us to bring us condemnation. But you and I, being that we are children of God, we're walking according to the Spirit, so He has no power, He has no dominion, He has no grip on our lives. So so when He comes in and He begins to bring that lie, we just said, devil, it don't mean nothing. Come on, amen. We've we got to keep that simple thought in our mind. It don't mean nothing because if we allow Him in, Then all of a sudden we'll walk around with our head buried in our chest. I must have been doing something wrong. I must have not been good enough. Come on, amen. Am I alone in this place today? Because the enemy, people may not understand it. He's very real out there. I'm not trying to give him any glory because he don't deserve any. Because he don't mean nothing. (laughs) Because he ain't nothing to me. Because I serve the Most High God. But we look in what David said in Psalms 133 and 4. Psalms 133 and 4. He said, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Come on, are you with me this morning? Therefore, you are feared. Let that soak in. In fact, when, when when sin does increase, Paul says when when sin does increase in our life, God's grace increases all the more. But understand this. I'm just gonna throw this is not in my notes, so I'm just gonna throw you something here. I, I think about grace like walking on a high line wire. But we got a problem, we got the enemy, once again, he's, he's on the high line wire with us. But he's got a bucket of grease. And as we're trying to walk along in this thing called life, we're keeping in mind that underneath us is the great net called grace. Now, we're trying to walk life the best we can, but the enemy, he's making it slippy. Come on, amen. But, but, but we know that, that if I slip, and if I fall, that there's something up under me called grace that will catch me every time. Hallelujah! But but the key is we 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 don't take ourselves off the off the cable and jump into grace because it's there. The Bible says, "What shall we say then? Shall we sin more that grace may increase?" God forbid, we die to sin, how can we live in it any longer? In other words, do we jump into the net because it's there? No. We try to stay walking on the cable. I don't know where I've done when, but that's okay. We'll use that, amen? That, that that's, that's usually what the Holy Spirit does. He'll kind of use me to get off into something. He'll get in my mind and make me change gears, but that's fine because he's in control here. And so basically, the eternal enemy, the devil... The wicked one, he is the one that is trying to get the promotions to all those wicked people so you and I can walk around feeling defeated, condemned, and worthless. I got news for you. You are not worthless today. In fact, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. And the God who is willing to come to this earth and die for us, don't you think that we are valuable unto him? What does a man profit if he gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit his soul? God saying, listen, do you realize how important you are to me today? You are worth, just one individual is worth more to me than the entire world altogether. You think about all the diamonds, all the gold, all the oil, all the precious jewels in this earth today. And what this worth? This earth is worth and to, to God, it don't even stack up to one human being to him. In fact, if there was just one man to die for, Jesus Christ himself would have been willing to leave his place in heaven and die for that one individual. But my Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, the righteous for the unrighteous. I am so sorry, but man, I don't have no idea where I am on my notes, but I'm having a good time up here. Hallelujah. But I want to share a great example of bad things happening to good people. Just a few weeks ago, maybe four weeks now. I got a text message that just totally broke my heart, Sammy. Broke it bad. Y'all know Craig Craig Stapleton he used to lead worship for us for a long time. He moved up in up in the McKinney area. Well, he texted me. He said, "Man, I got some terrible, terrible news." I'm like, "Oh, what is it?" Well, my my niece, 16 years old, has been killed. I'm thinking, "Oh, my Lord." I'm thinking, what, what, what happened? You know, and but but the deal, I'm thinking maybe like a major car accident or something. But but basically, she's on a golf cart. They're on vacation up in Galveston somewhere, and, and some accident happens, and she falls out. She hits her head, and it kills her. It, it ain't over. We talking about this girl? I'm talking to Craig about this girl. He said that she was one of the most sweetest, godless young girls he had ever known in his entire life. In other words, this is a true woman of God, a young woman of God, and she has received something that really doesn't seem fair at all, does it? Yet, our world today is literally filled with thousands upon thousands of 16-year-old young girls, wicked, who could care less about God, who could care less about what anybody thinks about them. They're ungodly to the core. They got their little nasty TikToks. Come on, amen. Oh, y'all hadn't seen none of that. I forgot y'all are all holy in that. Oh, you can't help, you You get on something that's going to pop up, you got to get off of it quickly. And they're not, a, they're, I mean, I'm talking about young girls who should be off in the church doing, some, doing what's right, but they're living for themselves, they could care less about God. But, but here we have a young, innocent, young girl, God-fearing, and she's the one. And, and we're thinking to ourselves, why... Does good things happen to bad people? Solomon says it's meaningless. It don't mean nothing. Y'all gotta stay with me now. I'm going somewhere, I think. Hallelujah. Let's begin to look at the biblical truth of the Word of God. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3 and 9. Listen carefully. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. He is what? He is patient with you. Let that soak in. He is patient with you. He's not wanting anyone to perish. But what? Everyone to come to repentance. Now we got to look at the word anyone and everyone. He's not wanting anyone to perish but he wants everyone to come to repentance. We know a verse John 3:16 tells us that God so loved the and so in this equation we see that the anyone and everyone is both parties. God loves the wicked, God loves the righteous. Period. We're the ones. We're the ones that have problem with the wicked. Because it's easy to share the good news of people who are kind and compassionate. But when you have those backbiters, those stabbers, you know the ones, the haters. It's not so easy to be so loving and compassionate and sharing the word with those guys. But nevertheless, the one, the Messiah, came to this earth to die for sinners. Period. Woo, that's good stuff, brother. Sinners. And so what we got to get focused on is not so much the wicked or the righteous, we gotta get focused on the key. And the key is called time. In this world today is filled with 7,846,000,000 people today. I looked it up yesterday. Maybe more, maybe less today. But yesterday, <laughs> It was 7,846,000,000 people. And all those people, many are wicked, many are good people. Some are even righteous. And the only ones that are righteous is the one who came to Christ and gave their life to Jesus. And so in other words, there's only a handful of people in this world that are right before God while the rest is lost who's headed to hell. And so we're dealing with something called time. Everybody say time. This is what's going to help you understand our text today. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews 9 and 27 that it's appointed unto men once to die and then face judgment. In other words, like I've said over and over again, I will continue to say this as long as I live. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how healthy you are or how good shape you are. You may have guns like Arnold. Come on. Amen. You may be slim and got the six pack or the one pack. Come on. Amen. It does not matter because you, my friend, including myself, we have an appointment. And I got an appointment, you got an appointment with God. And I don't care who you are or how much money you might have or don't have, you won't be late. It doesn't matter if you're wicked or if you're righteous. Holy and unholy, you got an appointment. And so when, when someone who is righteous leaving for God and they're taking out, it don't mean nothing. Nothing. Because it was simply her appointed time. You can't blame God. You can't blame the devil. You can't blame because it means nothing. What it means is that she had a limited time on this earth just like us. And we've got to get our mind off of wickedness and righteousness and all this. we got to get mind on this thing called time. Because what we have to understand is that time is running out. And we have a job. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. You know, we were out there yesterday doing a concert. It was 100 degrees. Man, I thought I was going to hit the floor like a brick. It was too hot out there, but you know what? I was trying my very best to to sing for the glory of Christ and to maybe say just one word that somebody out there would hear it. They may not be in church today, but maybe there's something that I said. I, I talked about one of my best friends who who was taken out. We do a song called Don't Gamble Your Life. And I'm thinking hopefully somebody hears this and says, you know what? I need to need to consider my time today because... I'm gambling like I got forever. The Bible says that life is but a vapor is here today and gone tomorrow. Hallelujah. In fact, let's listen to what Solomon also says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. Are y'all enjoying this okay? He said there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Listen, a time to be what? Born. In a time to die. Just like there was a time in, in, in God's books for you to be born, there's also the time for us to leave. And it's that space between there that that, that, that is such a mystery because we're, we're, we're so busy focusing on everything but what's important. How much time do they have? I remember years ago when I was doing the prison ministry, I waited all week for God to give me a message. And I cried out to God with all my strength and it's like the heavens shut up. Solid closed and it's like heaven's closed. I can't get in. And I'm thinking, surely Fridays, I'm going to have it by Friday because I'm preaching Sunday morning. Nothing. Saturday morning, nothing. I'm thinking, oh Lord, I'm in trouble. What am I going to do? Just going to get up and make up something? So Saturday night, before I went to bed, I just went out there on the patio, even before it was covered then. I just lay there on the concrete with my face on the ground. I just cried to God, God, please give me something. I went to bed with nothing. I said, I'm in trouble. I'm washed up. It's over. But that night it happened. Can I share something with you all? That night, I'm not saying that I'm some kind of prophet. I'm nothing like that. I'm just like you guys. But that night, I had the most unique dream, if that's what it was, than I ever had in my life. I I woke up in the dream, and I found myself in this... It felt like a room, but I couldn't see no walls. I just felt like I was in something. And, And all before me were... Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books. And then there was this one book in front of me, and it began to open one page at a time. And I'm just watching this book open. And then the Lord spoke in my heart. He said, this is the book of life. And each page represents one day of your life. He said, you go by, he said, you go to the prison tomorrow and you tell them about what you saw tonight and you ask them, what page are you on? Because the books I saw, some were very big and thick and some were very thin and shallow. Because we don't know. And I promise you, every single soul in that prison got saved that day because there was not one person in there could tell me, What page they're on because they don't know. We all have seen it. Good people. Good people like y'all. Good people like Paula and and all of you guys, man. You know, we can just be having life. Good people. And 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 someone walks into the store and just opens up with a gun and, and you you catch a bullet or whatever, and, 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 and we're just like, he was such a good person, or she was a good, why does it happen? Solomon says it doesn't mean anything, because there is an appointed time. Let me read something from the book of John, 1 John five nineteen. John helps us out with something here we, we need to get hold of. He says, we know that we are the children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So this helps us understand the plan here. We know that we're the children of God, and the whole world is under control of the evil one. In other words, he knows, like we know, that their time is running out. So if our plan is to share the word of God to the world and to help them escape eternal damnation in hell, then he has a plan to prevent that. So what he does, listen to me. So what he does, he turns up the heat in our life to keep us out of the will of God. Because the more heat he turns up, the less likely you and I will share the gospel. Does that make any sense at all? Because as long as you and I are going through trials and tribulations, we're going to have hardly enough time to even get our mind clear enough to think about what we need to do for us, more or less someone else. So he continues... To come in like a flood and just continues to bring drama and stress and anxiety and worries and and, and all these things. There's this man out there right now. I'm not going to give you his name. But he's, he's trying to, the best he can, to destroy the integrity of my name. He's making calls and he's lying all about me. But I'm not worried about it. You know why? Because it's meaningless. Because the people who know me and truly love me, they can't hear that. And the truth will always come to the top. Every time. And so I I know that God has my back. And, and, And I've lived my entire life with people loving me and people hating me and it doesn't really make a difference. Because what matters to me if I can get up here and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and try to get somebody saved? That's all I care about. If you love me or not, it doesn't matter. Because when I stand before God, I'm going to stand there with my conscience clear saying, Father, I did the very best that I could. I know I don't speak good. I know I don't read well. But I know I love you. Listen to the words of John the the apostle, no, no, I'm sorry, John the Revelator. In Revelations 14 and 14 is 6, 14 through 16. He said, I looked and there before me was a white cloud. And seated on the cloud was one like the son of man with a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle on his hand. Then I saw another angel coming out of the temple saying to him who was seated on the cloud, take your sickle and reap for the time the reap is come and the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle on the earth and the earth was harvested. See, this is what we got to look at right here because this right here tells us that the time is coming when the great rapture of the earth will take place. And when the Christ When he calls us home with the trumpet call, it's like he takes a sickle as fast as Hank Aaron can swing a bat. We'll be out of here. And at that point, at that time in life, time stops for them. We have no more time to reach the lost. We have no more time to go back and get them. And so, we have to get focused on time because time is what? Running out. We're thinking right now, I got plenty of time. We got plenty. We don't know. I I mean, the moment that I say amen to in, in the last prayer, we could be gone. Because we don't know. And that's what I love about the Bible is because it's so mysterious. It keeps us at a place of... Wondering, I have people all the time saying, what happens to those people who kill themselves? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I feel that if they are truly a child of God, they will be with God because he's never lost one. But see, the Bible doesn't make it clear enough for us to know. You know why? Because God likes to keep us Guessing. That's why we have only a glimpse of heaven, and we got a glimpse of hell. We know just enough that we don't want hell, and we know just enough that we want that. Come on, amen. And we want eternal life, but we don't know enough. God's mark. Come on, amen. Let's let's close with this. Can I close with this? Why does bad things happen to good people? Let's talk about a young man named Joseph. In the Old Testament. Joseph. Was his father's favorite. He was. His daddy loved him. Had him a coat of many colors. But he had brothers. Y'all got brothers? You got brother? His brothers hated him with a passion. He was a dreamer. He had dreams. He had visions. Oh man let's get rid of him. And so what do they do? They, They take your brother out. They sell him into slavery, he goes to Egypt, they come on, tell his daddy he's been killed and come on, amen. Lied about that. And so here he is, he's going to Egypt, slow slavery. Later he's lied upon and he goes to prison and he's a godly man. And he's just, he's probably thinking, why in the world am I going through all this? Uh-uh. I'm trying to be a decent person. Even when Potiphar's wife, she's probably hotter than fish grease, comes on to him, and he's like running and leaving his coat. And most of us say, yeah, baby, come on. When we were 16, that is. Not now. We're good, right? (laughs) Amen, we're good. But, but here he is leaving. Now he's in prison. And all these things are happening to him. And then all of a sudden, he's being raised up as second in command in Egypt. God raises him up. And now his brother and his family are all going through this famine. And so they send these brothers to Egypt to get some food. And guess who's in charge? You got it, Joseph. And man, when they finally recognized who he was, they were shaking in their shoes, man. They thought, surely we're going to die. But listen to the last, one of the last verses in Genesis. The book of ending, uh, the book of beginnings, the ending of it. Genesis 50 and 20. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The savings, listen, the savings of what? Many lives. God sent his son into the world to save the world, not to condemn the world. You see the time? Mm -hmm. How do we start out? Although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and lives a long time, I know that it would go better for God-fearing men who are reverent before the Lord. In other words, we may go through it over and over and over. Just continue to say it. It don't mean nothing. Because in the end, we're going to be just like Joseph. We're going to be moved up. (laughs) And I'm talking about really going up. We're going to be moved up to a level that there ain't a devil. Can you imagine heaven just a moment? A place where no one's in pain. No more waking up going, oh snap. You know what I'm saying? You know this morning I almost called in sick, but I didn't have no one to call into. My throat was hurting so bad. Me. I mean, bad, and I was like drinking coffee, like, come on. I can't call nobody. I ain't got nobody to call. It's that's so sad when you can't. Come on. <laughs> and so, anyway, no matter what we're going through, we are going to win this thing called life. Because when our time came, the appointed time to be reborn, there's a time to be born and the time to die, but in the center, there's a time to be reborn. And so when that appointment comes, you may only get one opportunity to get saved. I'm not saying to be part of a membership of a church. I'm not saying to be baptized, I'm talking about being born again, born from above. Jesus said in John 3 and 3, I tell you the truth, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. Let's all stand. And so there's a time for you to be saved. Because our Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. And so in His schedule, in His daytimer, if you would, He's put your name in there. He says, okay, here's where He's going to be born. Here's where He'll die. But right here is I'm going to give Him this opportunity to make a decision. And right now could be your decision time. You may say, I'm just, I'll do this later. Really? How much time do you have? Can you tell me? You got wisdom. You got knowledge. Let me hear. When? How much time do you have? You don't know. Because life is but a vapor. It's here today. And it's gone tomorrow. And all, all you have to do is answer that one phone call. You hear it. That still, small voice of God is saying, come. Come home. And you have to be like the prodigal son. You have to leave your pride in the pig pen and say, you know what? I need to get right with God today because tomorrow may not come from me. Let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. If you need to make that decision this morning... I ask you make that right now. Just walk out of your seat and come down here and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This morning, if you need prayer for whatever it is that's ailing your body, you're going through suffering or sickness, it doesn't matter what it is, the God that I serve is able to heal you. But I'm not going to come to you. I want to see you walk out in faith. Step out in faith and receive The healing from God it's there. I'm no Benny Hinn and I don't hope I'm never am. My name's Kip Brockway. A simple nobody. We got two nobodies up here. (laughs) Nobody Dola and nobody Kip. Would you get behind her baby? Don't touch her, just put your hands there. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Christ, the great healer. Lord, I'm not calling on a God that can't, but I'm calling on a God that can. Lord, your word said that there's nothing impossible for God. Lord, you created this mind. Behind these glasses, between those ears, you created it, you developed it, and the devil's trying to take what he gave, what you gave to Miss Paul. I mean Miss Dola. And I ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that you'd begin to move upon her even now. Close your eyes. In the mighty name of Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above all other names, the holy name of Christ, Yeshua. It's this name, God, that mountains move and devils tremble. It's this name in the only name of Christ where people are healed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. That even now as I begin to lay my hand upon her. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray the blessings from heaven to fall fresh upon Miss Dola even now. Lord, you are the great healer. Now do what you do best. Your word tells us you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon you and by your stripes. We are healed. I claim healing over this this vessel of clay right now from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Every joint, every ligament, every cell in this body, we command you to bow your knee to the mighty name of Christ. Receive your healing by faith in the living God, and we call it done. And God's people said amen and amen. You guys have a blessed day, and we'll see you next week. Hallelujah.